Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears into hyperdrive. Today's episode features Rock in the Oval with Machine Gun Graphics. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing rocking with the Oval, and we are joined with Machine Gun Graphics, uh, Nikki Bowen, and Kyle Woodall. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. How are you? How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah good. All right. All right. End, of our, end of our production day, so you know. Awesome. That's that's always good. It, you're at the end of your production day and we're still in the middle of the day. I feel like I'm kind of at the end of the day because I usually <laughs> started about 5.30 in the morning yeah. and I'm halfway through a day when a lot of people are yep. crawling out of bed. But Yeah, when um, we got the, uh, when you sent us the Zoom invite for this, I'm like, oh, cool, lunchtime. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, guys. Yeah. Uh, we're also joined here with our marketing uh, director, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our sales director, Brian Richards. What's up, guys? Hey. Hello. Look at this. I'm, I'm, today I'm missing our studio. It'd be fun. To, I know. You know. I know. <laughs> One day we'll be back. But but Absolutely. we're we're back. The uh, first episode of season three. How about it? Season three episode. That's exciting. Love it. Yeah. Nice. It's kind of right. crazy to think about how quick time has gone by. It's mm-hmm. it's especially. I mean, we've all just been like pent up in COVID, and it's just <laughs> flown. Which normally you would think things would slow down, but I, I feel like they've sped up in a weird way. So right. it's interesting. But I'm sorry, you said I'm, COVID. Tell me about that. What is what is this COVID? I, I don't <laughs> actually really know anymore. I no. Okay. Co- I plead the fifth. I'm. <laughs> we're moving. We're we're pressing <laughs> onward. That's that's what I should say. We are pressing onward yes. because that's, Mer- that's pressing very onward. true. Meryl's been in outer space, so he yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hey, they said quarantine. You know, I'm uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> so tell us there about this. Uh, what we're happening with uh, our yep. pressing on? What better yeah. place? What better place? <laughs> yeah. So we are pressing onward this year. That. Uh, you know, I'm excited to announce, and I, I did announce publicly, I think about a week ago, we are moving forward with the uh, Long Beach Impressions Trade Show, which we are very, very excited about. Um, we have moved our booth location for those of you coming to visit us. So we are no longer in the atrium uh, like we normally are. And the reason for that is uh, there's not going to be spaces in the arena in the back of the show. So we wanted to be plugged into what's happening in the main hall. Um, so we're in booth space now, um, right in the front of the show. I won't mention whose booth space it used to be, but the color of their machines is blue. I was, I was hoping that you were going to take over that because that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're we're excited. Um, we're bringing a full fleet of products. Um, we've got our Rock Now Digital Machine version three, which we're re-releasing uh, out in the wild. Really excited about that. The, the machine and the technology has come a long way since the last time folks have seen it um, in Long Beach, or if you've seen it anywhere else. Um, we're gonna have our hybrid. We're gonna have a U, a Next, an Eco dryers, folding lines, a stage. We're gonna have live music in the booth. Um, we are doing the rising star awards in our booth with screen print mag. I think we've got a, uh, women rock panel that's going to be going on. We've got some guests 
educational speakers. Kevin Bongard of Set Sales is going to be doing a seminar in our booth about how to sell effectively. Printavo is going to do demos. We've got Creative Situation that's going to get up and talk about graphic design. Um, we've got a lot going on, and a lot of it's mm -hmm. happening in booth, um, which is really cool. Um, excited to be getting back to you know educating and speaking and and talking to our, our partners about our industry and and how to become better at, at everything that they're doing. So um, a lot planned. Um, we're going to have partners uh, in our booth as well. Resupply is joining us and will be there. Uh, McLogan Supply will be there. Screen Print Magazine's got some space. Made Lab's got some space. Um, Printavo's got space. I mean, we basically <laughs> kind of created this conglomerate booth, which is nice. really cool because it's all of our partners kind of in one one spot. It's like a show within a show. Um, so it's really say. rock so, ISS. Well, here's a funny thing. I, I did I did text their um, their show director yesterday. And I said, I feel like our logo is not in enough places on your website on the floor plan. So why don't we make it like the impression show sponsored by Rock? And um, I kind of yeah. got a ha ha. And then I sort of said, No, I'm, I'm kind of serious. <laughs> and so he's he, he went back to the drawing board. We'll see if anything actually happens or not. But um, we're excited, and we've got some great partners, guys. I mean, Bella Canvas has got a booth. I mean, tons yeah. of booths still. Um, yeah. We've talked to a ton of our our customer partners. Lots of people coming. I think you know it, it, it's going to be fun. We're taking precautions. Um, you know, we're all going to be KN95 masks. We've got uh, rapid tests on site in our booth. Um, our team's testing all before we leave. Some of us are actually driving um, from Washington down to just sort of take that extra precaution um, and bring in some stuff with us. Our team all volunteered to go. So we didn't make anyone go. This is a complete, you know, if I had 18 other people say, Ross, we're not doing it. Um, I would have went solo and just stood in the middle of the booth <laughs> with no equipment because it wouldn't have been set up, but I would have just been there with a hat and a shirt. And that's all you need. You know, yeah. um, just I guess we're Ross trying to US. press onward. We would just but have one big be... party in the booth. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd actually just, be fun. Yeah. And we're kind of just doing bring that some anyway. alcohol. So. Yeah. Just bring some alcohol, put your straw under your mask, you know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sounds like excited. I love it. Just a little um, bit. <laughs> we are going to have a cool party, though. So initially, cool we had planned a big yacht. We had a 400-person super yacht cool three levels. Um, we're going to do a big concert, uh, Coolio, Sugar Ray, um, Gallo Live, have food and drinks and everything. And I felt like the boat um, was maybe a little Ooh, much over. in terms of keeping everyone in, in close yeah. quarters, probably not masking on the open waters of the Pacific Ocean. Right. Um, so we are going to have an event. We're doing it where our old booth space used to be. So oh, nice. the Pacific lobby, um, we brought in a stage. Coolio's coming. Gallo Live is coming. We are going to have a concert. We're going to have open bars. We've got some snacks for everyone. So we still wanted to press on, but just do it in a much more open room with more right. space to spread out that can be ventilated and, and all that kind of stuff. So come join us. We only have 400 people though, that can fit. So come to our booth, get a ticket. 
That is the key. You need your ticket and you need your show badge. And those will be the two things that you need to get in. Um, and the entrance will be on the outside of the building. So we're having to do things a little funky because of the situation right now. Um, but uh, we'll send out a bunch of information on that. We'll have an email coming out soon. It probably has already gotten to you before you hear this podcast. Um, and we are going to have some social stuff going on as well. Just kind of explaining uh, everything that's happening. So, and you, are you guys coming? You're coming, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll absolutely. That's awesome. We've I'm, had plane tickets I'm and very hotels excited. for a while. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That's, yeah, it's going to be an awesome time and just a good time to reconnect. It's, it's been so long. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should throw out our booth numbers are 1401, mm -hmm. 1311, and 1301. So there's actually three of them. They're all uh, right there together. Well, because, yeah, um, when again, you, the, you won't be able to see them oh. when you walk in or anything. <laughs> yeah, maybe just look for green. <laughs> <laughs> it won't blend in with the carpet. Yeah, our event Saturday night, 5.30 to 7.30. Again, it'll be at the convention center. So um, come come one, come all. Let's let's have some fun. We'll, um, we'll see you when sorry. you get there. We had to say that. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> okay. The show must go on. Show must rock on. Ooh, I like that better. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that better. The title. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the show must be too, <laughs> too late. The marketing materials are all fun. <laughs> Dang it. Maybe you can use that in your Instagram. Yeah. There we go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, Meryl, you've got some updates too? Yeah, man. Uh, well, you have to start it with, with your titles. You told me this. I don't know what the deal is, but oh, so Meryl oh, kind of writes so the script and it says, who dis? what this all in all front right. of everything and i don't first of all i, don't I didn't invent this, this. New year i don't thing. speak this way but people po constantly <laughs> post online like new hair who this new year who this new job who this <laughs> and so i followed that in this outline and ross is like what does this mean and um he caught me <laughs> off guard because i wanted to create like some epic saga around it but I, I had no time so now we're talking about the new season and a new segment that we're having uh this roll out this new season is that every episode or ideally every episode that we do this for this season going forward we're going to feature a, a musician and or band on every show and have them play for us or either have them sending a a music video or whatever talking about whatever they're working on so really building in that extra uh, pulling in that extra side of the community into this as well today's launch we'll be hearing from ryan schraffenberger who and uh talking about his nonprofit lapointe uh foundation so stay tuned for that and also stay tuned uh, if you come to see us in long beach next week um he will also be performing i believe definitely saturday I believe yeah, so. definitely Saturday, I think, uh, up to the concert. So he's going to be like four to five, I think, in, in our booth. Uh, three to four, three to four, three to four. OK, cool. Yeah. During the happy hour for the Women in Screen Printing Awards uh, panel. Well, you just reminded me I need to order a bar to our booth at three o'clock. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ross, please order a bar for our booth for four o'clock. Done. <laughs> I'll send an email the second we're off of this podcast. <laughs> we, might, we might all leave if you don't. <laughs> no. 
So now I understand our relationship better. I need to provide alcohol. Yes. yes. Okay. Constant flow. Constantly. Done. Constantly. <laughs> so funny. And the final uh, hootist thing that I think I'll ever say in my life is um, Brian Richards has a new title. Uh, Brian is joining us here on the show today. And Brian, your new title is now sales director, formerly known as channel manager. Talk about what that change is for us and what it means for the community and uh, what your experience is so far. Uh, well, what it means for uh, our community, I, I hope, is you know just better, faster, more uh, attentive results. Um, it's been a, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a challenge. It's been six months now and uh, very grateful for the uh, opportunity and responsibility. Um, it's been a lot of work. It's almost actually reminded me of like, uh, what it was like to be a small business owner and just the sheer magnitude of the stuff that's happening every day. And it's, it's fun because it gets, it allows me to really focus on, some of the things that I've always wanted to have, you know, working, you know, with rock in the U S and different processes or systems that I'd wish we had, I get to advocate and kind of help build those now, which is, uh, which is really cool. The challenge is carving out the time to, to do that. Right. So, right. um, but it, it makes it uh, a lot easier. We have an incredible team of all-star rock stars, uh, in, in our sales department, which, you know, really makes what I do a lot easier. And so it's, uh, it's been challenging and it's been a lot of fun so far. Nice. Well, congrats. Yeah, Brian's, and, Brian's yeah. kicking awesome. some, some ass. It's really been a, a huge addition to the team. Good job, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Congratulations. Golf clap. Thank you. Well deserved. Well deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Very On cool. that note, Brian, let's do some intros, man. <clears throat> Everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, so um, very happy to have you guys here, uh, Kyle Woodall and Nikki Bowen uh, of Machine Gun Graphics in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. Um, why don't you guys uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, kind of the, the elevator pitch here, um, how you guys got into the industry, uh, how your involvement has kind of grown, you know, over the years, and then Make sure you touch on, you know, how you ended up with that uh, killer name. It's, uh, uh, man, getting, getting into the screen printing industry was one of the, it, it's pretty much the same story that you'll hear from anybody my age that got into screen printing. They were in a band and the band needed t-shirts and so on and so forth. And you had to figure out how to get shirts. So, I mean, that's essentially my story was getting in, you know, uh, the band that I was in, we needed t-shirts and we reached out to a couple other shops in the area. They at the time were too expensive. Now looking back on it, I'm like, that was not expensive at all. But you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're 14 years, when you're 14 years old and you're, you know, trying to, you know, have merchandise as a, as a band, you know, it's one of those things, but yeah, I ended up starting, uh, I think I was closer to 15 than I was 14, but Wow. Super. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like the, the first thing I ever did was I, I used to go to Walmart and they had, they, they sold sheets of stencil material. So I'd go in and I'd literally hand cut our designs in the stencil and I'd use acrylic paint to make our t-shirts. My dad actually had one probably until about four years ago. Um, oh, wow. And the t-shirt, the t-shirt itself was falling <laughs> apart. 
but the you know the the acrylic paint was you know still there because it's acrylic paint but yeah i mean that's that's essentially how i got into it and then from there i've got into um i had a buddy actually loaned me like five hundred dollars to buy um this thing is called a thermofax machine it was what like tattoo artists use to make the stencils and they put it on you and stuff like that but they make like a screen printing mesh for it it's essentially like uh the express screen method um but i had i had one of those i used it for a while started out with water-based inks which was awfully hard to do when you're you know you have no idea what you do Dude, YouTube was not a thing when I started. Like and all of these, all these people now that can literally go on YouTube, type in how to print a t-shirt. There's like 14 million videos mm-hmm. of how to print a t-shirt. I did not have that. I had, I used to buy all of my uh, screen printing stuff from Dick Blick. I think they're just called Blick now. Yeah. Uh, I used to buy all my stuff from them. I started with Permaset inks. I was using, uh, I would make my own frames. I would literally build my own frames then use the, uh, the grooves to put the mesh in. And before I even learned what emulsion was, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then getting into emulsions and things like that, figuring out how to coat a screen was extremely challenging because you have a photo of how to do it. You don't actually have a video of how to do it. Um, black and white uh, exactly (laughs) dude it was like um, yeah it was like going to the library and getting something from 1973 (laughs) to figure out what you're doing but uh, yeah my my very first scoop coder got ruined very quickly because they it was um, it was it was an older one but it had this rubber uh, blade guard on it that would keep the, the edge of the blade from getting nicked I left it on there to coat screens so the um, I never cleaned it off. So the emulsion literally hardened and cured to the rubber piece. Oh I boy! Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was a long thought process uh, to get to where we're at now. Um, I started. Uh, there was a shop that I worked at in Florida for probably about two years. Um, she was at my boss. There was actually one of the biggest influences in my life as far as screen printing goes. I mean, she had been in the industry for a long time. Um, so I had like brought her a bunch of samples that I had printed, uh, in house, like literally in my bedroom, I had a a table that, uh, me and my dad put together and built, um, my exposure unit was on one side and then my curing unit, which was an upside down hamburger grill. Um, (laughs) uh, essentially, essentially. Yeah, essentially back then I had my own flash unit without knowing what a flash unit was called. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was one of those flat top hamburger griddles and had the handles. So I literally just turn it upside down to cure my t-shirts. Amazing. Slide the, slide the shirt underneath it and leave it under there for two and a half minutes and it would get burnt and throw it away and make another one. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. I have like so many, uh, 23, 24 years of, in my head yeah I'm, I'm curious I'm curious to know I didn't realize you started that young that's that's yeah. actually that's actually I feel like pretty unique um but at what point did you kind of like when did it turn into like go you know going from a task to kind of learn how to print your your own stuff your merch your band's yeah. merch to like okay this is this is a business well it oh trust me it was a it was a long time I was still doing like you know band like friends like I knew like 
friends that were all in bands. Like that was the thing. Like I was literally every single friend that I knew that had a band, I was printing their merchandise. I was doing like, I started out doing like uh, the canvas patches. I can't tell you how many canvas patches I've printed and cut in my life. And I never want to do it again. Same thing with buttons, like those little one inch buttons, <laughs> never again. Um, but so it was, it was one of those things, like I started, you know, printing for my friends' bands and working at that shop for the two years that I did, I learned a lot there. And then I was just kind of like the band that I was in, we were actually touring. So I told my boss, I'm like, Hey, I'm going on this month long tour. She's like, okay, well, you're not going to have a job when you get back. <laughs> I think at this point I'm, I was 19, I was either 18 or 19. Um, so she's like, you know, you don't have a job when you get back. I'm like, okay. So, um, coming back from that tour, I was just kind of like, you know what, uh, if I worked, cause I literally did everything at that shop from artwork. I was do I was printing film at my house on my printer for her at the shop mm-hmm. because I had a better printer than she did. I was actually buying the things that I needed to basically start my own business. Um, so I was kind of doing my own thing while working there. Um, and it was before it was machine gun graphics because it was called Glamco Industries. Because I was real I have, I, I have this, I have this pure affinity and love for glam metal. Like growing up, my dad was, you know, my dad was a KISS fan, he was a Queen's fan. So metal is ingrained in my blood. So whenever I was it's probably like 16 years old. I hit this phase where I literally listened to nothing but Poison, Motley Crue, Slaughter. Yes. Slaughter was my one of my favorite bands. Cinderella, first literal live show I ever went to was Poison, Slaughter, Cinderella, and Dawkins. So, um, wow. but uh, but yeah, like Glamco Industries was probably like a year or so. <laughs> I think my brother still has a business card, which is insane to me that he has one. So, <laughs> um, so probably I moved into my grandmother's house. Uh, my parents moved up to North Carolina. So I moved, uh, I moved in my grandmother um, and I was still working out of my bedroom in my grandmother's house. So it was kind of one of those things where I had, you know, I built this little empire in my bedroom. I had, uh, hmm. I never actually touched a press until I started working at the screen printing shop that I worked at. All I had were my handmade screens. So I'd basically print the underbase, then go to my next color, print that color, then clean the screen off. And then the oh next shirt, print the underbase, <laughs> clean the screen off, look at it, wow. basically having to register each individual shirt as I'm doing it. So in order of in order of 20 shirts, a two-color job, you know, it would take me like four hours, five hours to do. I wasn't making money at all. <laughs> so Going from Glamco into machine gun graphics, it was kind of like, you know, I, I got to the point where I was, I had a small little four color wooden press that I bought on eBay or something like that. I don't know. I've never seen a wooden press before and I have not seen one since. So, um, One of our I team was, members, Nicole, started on a wooden press. I think she built awesome. it herself, actually. Um, yeah. And that's how she got started in L.A. That's yeah, fantastic. Crazy. Yeah, this one, yeah, I, I bought it on eBay. I think it was, I think I bought it from like Pocono Screen Supply or something like that from <laughs> forever ago. But yeah, I, I was starting to actually make, I was actually starting to produce 
quality merchandise and things like that and getting it done really fast. So that's where machine gun graphics came from was I'm doing merch, I'm doing it fast. So like a machine gun, I'm getting it done as fast as I can. So that's where machine gun graphics came from. Um. 19, 19 years old, you know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is such a cool name. I'm awesome. And then, you know, almost 40, I'm like, oh God, this is the worst <laughs> name ever. <laughs> so it just, I, it just, I love you, you guys' name. Like, I, well, that's, that's I think it's fantastic. It doesn't have the word ink in it. Yeah, or, or like, screen, or yeah. screen graphics or, is actually spelled correctly. No X, right. C, and a, <laughs> yeah. a, a Q it's, somewhere. It's in unique. It is but, uh, unique. But yeah, I mean that that's kind of that, that's one good thing is that you know once you've heard the name, you, yeah. you know it, and you're never gonna forget it. So totally. But um, but yeah, it, coming from Florida, I, it was in 2003. Um, I was I was working in my still in my bedroom until 2003 um and um i moved up to north carolina mid 2003 closer toward the end of 2003 um i actually ordered an entire my first like ever legitimate screen printing equipment that i had i bought a, a package deal from workhorse where it was you know a dryer a six color six station press um, I built all of my own exposure units probably until about six years ago, seven years ago. Wow. Um, literally the best exposure unit I have ever had in my entire life until, until now, <laughs> um, was a, it was literally a four foot by four foot box with, I think I had 12, uh, four foot fluorescent bulbs in it. I got better detail out of that than I ever got out of the metal halide unit that I had after that. Wow. Um, so it literally sat on my garage floor and then we had one really bad rainstorm and it flooded and ruined it. So, um, but yeah, moving up here in 2003, had all that stuff. My parents actually lived up here. Um, so I had the equipment delivered to their house because it was going to be cheaper for me to have it delivered to them pick it up from them and then take it back down to Florida than it was for me to have it shipped to Florida. Don't ask me why. I don't under, I, I don't oh, understand. That is um, weird. But so I had it, I had it delivered to their house, um, came on a tractor trailer, like a, one of the 53 foot tractor trailers. I've never, you know, seen, <laughs> never had been around one that big and whatever. So we got the, didn't have a lift gate. We didn't have anything on this truck. So truck driver backs down this like my parents had a, a a lot of land so it was like around the back side of the house got the press off no problem and then the dryer came he started put we started getting it off the back of the truck and me and him were me and the well the truck driver was actually helping us off so me and the truck driver were bracing the dryer to slide it down out of the back of the truck Oh my God. Truck driver's like, oh, I don't got this. So he lets oh, no. go, runs around to the side of it. So I'm on the left-hand side of the dryer, literally like underneath this massive crate. It was a, oh, it, was a it was a 2406. So it was a 24, 24 inch wide, uh, eight foot long dryer. So 2408, that's what it was. Um, it was in a probably a six or maybe 800 pound crate. So I'm, you know, 20 years old racing this crate and it just slides oh, down the back side of the truck lands on my leg 
She's heard the story a million times. It's fine. I'm laughing at Brian's So, so I, you know, I'm I'm literally pinned. My leg is pinned under this crate. My toes are touching my chin. Um, oh my god! Luckily, it was on soft ground. It was on grass. And I was able to kind of like slide my leg out from underneath the crate. And I'm like, I literally crawled up the steps to the backside of my parents' house. And I'm, I pass out. And then I wake up to the truck driver standing over top of me saying, hey, I need you to sign this. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that dude was trying not to get sued. <laughs> he literally, he wrote on the bill of lading that everything was okay. <laughs> and then he had like literally i just woke up from passing out and he gives me this thing i'm like whatever so i wake up i end up calling my mom and she drives me to the hospital nothing's broken thankfully i tore wow. some stuff in my leg but i was in a cast i was in a cast in a boot for about eight months so oh. i moved to north carolina <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go and then yeah so work that was a long story to get to where i'm at that no that is Sorry a good for, for those for those of you listening sometimes we um when someone buys a rock and then we connect them with our install team kind of go through what the next steps are a lot of times uh, we get pushback of like i don't really want i don't want to rent a forklift I, I, is there another way to do it Get a forklift, you Get guys. Get the forklift yeah. <laughs> every single time. Or else you end up with a crate following on you. Oh, or at yes, least your, leg, your legs will thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, I moved to North, stuck, got stuck in North Carolina, moved to North Carolina, um, working out of the workshop on the backside of my parents' house. Um, with that, I mean, with that press and that dryer, my output went through the roof. I was still printing for bands like that was 95 percent of what i did with bands um i worked with some like church groups and things like that once i got kind of more footing in the state um still had most of my contacts from florida and uh moved from that house into another house into the garage took the garage over uh this was 2000 Six? Yeah, when I was still in that workshop in my the first house in North Carolina, um, I met her in 2000, end of 2003. Um, I think December, November or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, I think 2006 is when the second house. Um, so, you know, we started talking, dating. Um, and then in 2006, moved into a new house. My parents moved into a new house. I went with them with the, you know, in the garage and all that kind of stuff was there for until 2007 when I bought my first automatic, which was a, uh, a progressive Falcon the year before Workhorse bought them. But let's talk about how we went to this trade show and bought this thing and didn't have a shop to put it in. So uh, we went to a trade we show. We experienced that guys on a, on a monthly basis. Um, we get a lot of, people that, that do the same thing. They come in, yeah. they buy something. We're all excited. We cheers, welcome to the family. And then like a <laughs> couple days goes by and it's like, oh yeah. So we didn't have space for this. We need to find, you know, we need to find a shop. 
And yeah. um, those are always, I mean, it's kind of fun to deal with because you get to make it your own and you're, right. you know, working with putting new stuff in there. But uh, we can totally empathize with that situation. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was like the early two, mid 2007 is when I started actually looking at what I was wanting to get. I had it narrowed down to a couple different ones. Um, went to a went to a trade show in Charlotte um, and was looking at a couple other machines. Went to a specific company's booth that will remain nameless and um, stood at their booth. We were there for 45 minutes. Not one person said a word to us. We were all away. Went to the booth, looked at the machine. I'm like, okay, it's cool. I'll, I'll just stand here and I'll, I'll wait. Stay there for a little while. Just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. She she put on, on a timer just to see how long it was going to be. Um, <laughs> they were all huddled in a circle over in the corner, talking to, an, to one another. They turned around, looked at us, and then kept talking. I mean, I was 20... 2008 yeah, yeah. 23 22 ish mm-hmm. i don't know. yes 23 nobody, nobody likes you when you're 23 i was wearing i was wearing a goat whore i was wearing a goat whore t-shirt like you know tattoos all this kind of stuff we were like some of the only people there we too, were that we were literally like we were literally the youngest people at that trade show yeah um, it was still when everybody was in like khakis and polos. So yeah. we were the oddball people. <laughs> so we like, we were standing there, literally standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. All of a sudden, all these other people with khakis and polos, and slacks and cargo shorts or anything other than a shirt that said goat whore on it. Um, <laughs> they, they literally flock to them because they don't look like us. Mm-hmm. So I go to the tech source booth where the progressive Falcon is at. And I'm like, I want to buy this press. And they're looking at me like, are you sure? And I pull a <laughs> check out and give them a check for the press. So got, got that one squared away. And then I had a, I had a shop that I was actually looking at moving into. And I went to go sign the lease on it. And then I thought, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to give one more, one more lap around downtown Winston to see if I can find something else. Cause it was going to be, it was going to be 4,000 square feet for $2,000 a month. And at 23 years old, $2,000 a month is a lot for a shop, but I'm like, you know, it's in an industrial park. It's a nice area. This is kind of in the same area that the shop that I worked at in Florida was in. So we, I, I went around, looked, I drove around this, area that we are currently in right now in 2007 and there was this tiny little 12 inch by 12 inch for rent sign uh because we're kind of on a hill and i saw it and i'm like all right i'll go check that out so call the landlords they're like hey yeah i mean it's it's for rent you know we'll take you we'll take you in whenever you know tomorrow or whatever because it was a sunday when i drove around so Monday morning, I meet up with them, look at the space. They tell me how much the rent was. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so instead of signing the lease on the other place, I called them and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to back out. So I got our spot in 2007. 
we got our press delivered probably a week after the trade show because it was the trade show model. So they literally just broke it down, brought it over. Didn't try to take it off the truck yourself. Yeah, thankfully, no, it was, uh, it was in, uh, we, I had, you know, we had a loading dock. I had pallet jacks. We were good. So yeah, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have to brace how I didn't have the brace crate. I didn't have to do anything. So yeah, got it set up and then kind of hit the ground running. And then 2008 hit, which everyone, you know, had a fun year in 2008. So, but you know, we're here now. So, and yeah, we, we yeah. made, we made it through COVID because we knew how to handle yep. that That's kind of situation because in 2008, it literally bottomed out. I had, there was one month where I had two orders. Wow. wow. It was, it, it was, uh, it was December of 2008. I literally had two orders for the entire month of December. Wow. She, she's, she worked full retail job for many, many years. So that was, she paid our house bills. And I got a second job down the street working in a bakery to pay for the shops that weren't being met by not having orders. So 2008 was a very stressful year, but we made it through. Um, we, uh, oh man, that was a, that was there's a, hell, not, of a hell of a year. There's not a lot that, you know, you look at something like 2020, you know, there's not a ton of things that you can yeah. read and, and prepare for, for that type yeah. of thing. I think going through it and having it, you know, actually yeah. putting it into practice, how do you you know, try to recession proof a business yeah. and prepare for those types of times. I think for those of those shops out there, like you guys that went through it already once, you know, probably in a lot better position this last yeah. time around. We were, I think it really taught us lessons that like when we had two seconds to really stop and think about it, we were kind of like, okay, what happened then? And what could we have done differently? Like, yeah. what do we have now versus what we didn't have then? We had a customer base now that like yeah. supports us. So it was kind of like, okay, well, we at least have that. Whereas we didn't have that strong of a base beforehand. So we kind of knew like how to cut back. Mm-hmm. The fact that we work inside of the business as well was a huge help because we're owners that can jump on our own machine. So, and uh, you know, even, even in 2008, I was still running the shop by myself. Yeah. Like it would, I would have like, man I felt so bad like I still feel bad to this day like my parents would literally get off of work and they would come and reclaim they literally my dad would get off work because he worked downtown um he works for an organization called AMVETS where he places veterans with um getting their disability and all that kind of stuff so he worked downtown at you know their corporate their corporate office here and he would get off work at four o'clock and he'd drive here and reclaim until all the screens were ready and That's you know nice. my my mom would come and nice do have support weekends. dude yeah my that was that was one thing like my parents were majorly supportive of everything that i did like they you know they helped out in any way that they could there were a few times where there were saturdays where i had to you know get a job done and they my dad would catch at the end of the dryer my mom would pull shirts you know it's one of those things like I did what I, what I had to do. They helped me out tremendously. I mean, she was working a full-time job and her schedule was all over the place. So it was like, I, I, you know, she, she couldn't come on, you know, 11 o'clock after she got off work to help me out. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, I, the shop was literally with the exception of having people come in every once in a while to help me out was literally a one man shop. 
like until seven years ago, yeah, until, until, until almost eight years ago, yeah, until eight years ago, yeah. when it got to the point where I could no longer handle, I was doing everything artwork. Uh, um, I mean, I was invoicing people, I was doing all the front end, back end, literally everything that you have to do to run a shop. That's what I did. <laughs> so it came to the, it, it came down to, she, you know, she was having, um, I was ready to leave. She was, she was getting, she was on, <laughs> on the way out. Like she, she wanted to, she wanted to change. So I'm like, well, finish, you know, finish what you're doing there. Uh, and then, you know, come work with me. So we had a plan for her to, you know, finish uh, at the store and then in six months come shop full time. That did not pan out. Two weeks later, she was at the shop, um, literally learning everything start to finish. Um, basically, the things that she could take off my plate were taken off of my plate. Um, this the shop was a disaster. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. There were boxes of T-shirts literally everywhere. Um, there was no organization. There was no rhyme or reason to how anything was done. I'd get an order. I'd order the shirts. I'd print them when they came in and I'd get them done there. My turnaround times were three days. So anytime I would get an order, it would literally be like artwork's done, ready to go, whatever. And then my three day turnaround was a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, because I was literally doing everything and it was so hard to keep up. So bringing her in, having her do, you know, I started training her on literally everything. Like she already knew how to do invoicing. She already knew how to do that kind of stuff. So she would handle that. I would start, I would focus more on getting design work done. Um, so I'd get the designs done. Then whenever we had to print film, I'd show her how to print film. Anytime we had to burn screens, I showed her how to burn screens, set jobs up, run the press, literally anything start to finish she learned how to do um and then it was just me and her for years like literally me and her were literally start to finish everything just me and her and we just put like time management stuff into place too that's the that's the one thing that she brought that there was no organization there was no management there was nothing she she came from retail so she knew how to get things done within the timely manner and you know so put, sorry go ahead. like fast forwarding like from where you guys started there so i mean i mean 14 years old all the way kind of like through this journey to you know i mean you're talking years there right to 2008 yeah. <laughs> so it's like an eight or about an eight or nine year span and then nikki gets involved you guys are kind of running a two person operation. Take us like fast forward us to today. So 2022, we just started the year. You know, I know equipment's changed, you know, staffing's changed. Where are you guys at to today? Today we have five in-house employees and then we have nice. an entire art department that is sourced through graphic source actually. Yeah. Um, so that we don't do any of that stuff in house anymore. We can do it in house, but it's more beneficial for us to not even have it and just be more of like a production right. space. Um, we bought our building. So the same little tiny oh, cheap rent that we had, yeah. the Fantastic. people that were working out of it that owned it decided they were ready to retire. Um, so we bought that, expanded into 
one space, which is where the oval is now at. Um, just recently bought some other equipment this year too. So I'd say five production bodies in-house. Yeah. Nice. And you guys are running and, the one oval. Yeah. Two of them are and, us. And, and I think we have plans to hire three more. The U. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a small P8, uh, we'll call it U. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We picked it up. That's sweet. A, yeah. We picked it up from a shop that was actually selling everything going out yeah. of business. The guy was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And now I think we're actually hmm. looking to upgrade that this yeah. year to a larger color yeah. count press too, just because we've got a customer that's pushing our limits on how much time they take up on that oval. So. Right. That's awesome. And for those of you guys listening out there, we do have, I want to point out, cause they were talking about purchasing, you know, a used shop that was, you know, decided to get out of the business. Um, and they got a rock uh, rocket. I think P10 you said, right. Yeah. Um, we have a classified section or P8. We've got a classified section up on our website, rock.us. It's under equipment used equipment and there are ads up there. So we try to help our partners that are, you know, deciding to either get out of the business or a lot of those are actually upgrades. So when people get ready to upgrade, as you guys may be looking at, you know, with that current you, um, pop it up on, on the classified section, it'll help someone else out that wants to rock that, that maybe isn't ready to go new or just yeah. dip their feet in and then uh, upgrade that way. So a, a good tool and a good resource uh, for yeah. folks that are looking at that because our equipment is not easy to find used. So we're trying to make it <laughs> a little bit uh, uh, simpler. There's not much of it. I mean, I've yeah. got to yeah. say, you know, the majority of, of our customer partners, I mean, even through COVID, there just has not been many people that have failed. It's, it's yeah. a really yeah. cool thing to see um, that community you know, kind of come together with a different view on how this industry should be ran, you know, their mindset on technology, their mindset on operations and procedures. Um, and it, it's really uplifted them. So yeah. that's incredible to, to hear this journey, man. I mean, starting at 14 to where you're at today, after all, yeah. the, you know, trials and tribulation of going through you know, knowing nothing to like sort of organically <laughs> growing with the industry yeah. through years is, is really impressive. Well, the, the cool thing too, is like, it, it, there's always something to learn. You can't be like, okay, I've no. learned everything. I'm, I, I can learn. I'm done. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's constantly growing. It's constantly evolving. New bank technologies, new, you know, press technologies, literally everything is changing. So I'm not claiming I know all the answers. Like I literally don't know the things that half the people in the industry know, but what I know was, you know, from hard, you know, blood, sweat and tears put into everything It's very long winded for sure. But <laughs> so making all of those mistakes and yeah. learning those like small DIY ways of doing stuff though, it helps now because it's like, you know what to not do. But then there's been times where it's like, we all know like being on press sometimes is not, turnkey like it's not one of those situations oh. where every job runs exactly the same especially when you're talking water-based sure. inks but there's definitely been times where it's like you can kind of think back to like oh when I was younger this little trick worked maybe you know and it's it's little stuff like that that gets you out of the woods sometimes 
Absolutely. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we will talk more about rocking with an oval. We will be right back. Need to print high colored jobs, but limited on space constraints? The unique footprint of the rock oval empowers your team's operators to achieve the pristine prints your brand is known for while reducing the area needed for production. An ideal option for businesses that face space limitations, as well as businesses who wish to run multiple print jobs simultaneously. For more ways to press onward, rock your way online at rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are talking about rocking on the oval with Machine Gun Graphics, Nikki Bowen, and Kyle Woodall. Alongside of us, as always, is our creative director, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our director of sales, Brian Richards. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you, Machine Gun Graphics. Over the break, uh, we heard from Ryan Traffenberger performing uh, our our exciting artist next week. Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise is rendition of that. Be sure to come to Rock's booth uh, next weekend, 1401 at the Long Beach Convention Center and hear him live before Gallo and Coolio take the stage at the Pacific Lobby that evening at 5.30. And for more information, call, uh, or not call, you can call, but uh, definitely follow at rock.us. And action. Call eight seven <laughs> rocket now. That's eight seven R O Q I T N O W. Love that. Well, I will say when uh, when Kyle called that number, or actually, I think it was probably a different number because it was a few years a few years back. But actually, it was probably an email. Um, yeah. But however, you however you contacted me first, Kyle, when you were inquiring about the oval at that time. We hadn't, there hadn't been, a, there's, there wasn't a lot of ovals yeah. um, that had been installed. And so um, oftentimes when, you know, conversations started, uh, hey, I'm interested in an oval. It's like, mm, are you probably, <laughs> yeah, you're probably not. Um, yeah. They're really big. They're pretty, pretty expensive. Um, oh, man. And so I. I think in our first interactions, you know, I was probably, you know, wondering like if this yep. is going to be the right thing, but the scenario that you kind of laid out with, you know, the limitations on space, yep. you know, from, you know, in your shop with the the poles and the amount of colors that you had to do, um, you know, kind of uh, illuminated the fact that it actually might be a, a good fit. So while I was, you know, uh, a little surprised at first, it, it ended up, I think, really yeah. being the right solution. So um, 
I'm curious to know kind of in this journey as you've, you know, been on that now for a few years, you know, has there anything that's surprised you about, you know, either the equipment or about working with Rock US? Well, I mean, yeah, like doing, uh, I, doing that first, you know, like you said, that first interaction where I was like, hey, I'm looking at an oval. You're like, are you really though? Yeah. You sure? <laughs> you sure you want that? I remember like the first two emails back and forth. But yeah, I mean, it, it that's what that's the the one press that I had been looking at for such a long time. I was looking at a couple different ones, um, but having the limitations that we had with what we needed to actually accomplish was it was the only it was the only option. So, you know, do getting it taken care of as easily as it did. I know we had had um, the first deal that we were trying to do. It was you know above our budget, and I was like. I got the whole off, but you and uh, you and Chris from uh, CIT worked behind our backs a little bit. Oh, and, those, uh, the sales <laughs> and the finance guys, man. The, if you want to, they're the they're the real creatives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to say, like you guys really rent, went to bat for us on that one and figured it out. We were pretty much ready to wait until the next yeah, year to like pull the trigger on yeah, it at that and point. We really, I mean, we really appreciated what you guys went through to get that done, just to basically get it within our budget and get the machine that. You know, it that is essentially my dream machine, and I own it. So having having it, and you know, being able to use it every day, and the tech support that you guys offer is, you know, bar none. I have I've got two texts, like personal cell phone numbers on my, you know, in my speed dial on my cell phone. <laughs> um, but being able to work on that press every day, and being able to do the things that we can do on this machine versus what we could do on our other machine, it's ridiculous. Talking about tech support too, I will say that I follow so many different Facebook pages for all the equipment that we have, because he doesn't have Facebook and I do. Uh, The rock one, like the owner's one, the techs are literally in there answering questions. Like people will jump in and have an issue with their press. And it's like, I see techs going in and making those comments and saying, try X, Y, and Z. If that doesn't work, give me a call. And I've seen problems solved in a comment chain for shops Mm -hmm. in a matter of minutes. And I don't see that on any other, yeah, on any other machine companies, Facebook pages. What, yeah, what does that, what does that mean to you to be like a part of, we really value that, you know, we kind of have, we call it like the rock family. Like we have that kind of community. What is that? you know, what has that meant to you as you guys have kind of, you know, met other rock printers or kind of dove into, to that community? Well, I mean, it, it it's support that you wouldn't get from anywhere else. Um, it gets you back up and running. You're yeah. not shut down. You know, like if, if our press goes down and we're not running that day, then we're just burning money every single hour. And we're one of those small shops that knows what it costs an hour to run our shop. So it, if it gets you back up faster and gets you running faster, then you get to a point where you start to con- consider those companies as your partners, yeah. like in the way that you run your business, because mm-hmm. if they're not there to support you, then what's going on? The, the like, funny thing is too, is like having, it's, it's because I, I just started using like my personal Instagram, like to actually, you know, do things now. Um, but the first post that I made was, you sound like me. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah. But like you know, I was uh, having the like you said, Brian, having the community and having that partnership with other shops now, um, and you know, 
the partnership with rock as a, as a company like it's it's unreal to me because you know i started so young and the industry has changed so much um over the last 20 years even in the last five years the industry has changed um you but, want to share more yeah it's like when i first started out it's like everything was a secret like nobody wanted to be friends with mm. another shop like you couldn't like i couldn't go to you know, a shop five miles away and talk to them about anything. They'd be like, no, get out of my shop. You're competition. And now like I, I, I have five or six other shops that just got new rock machines installed and they're literally reaching out to me, asking me questions about stuff. Um, and if I have any questions about things, I can reach out to other shops that had rocks before me. And uh, I mean, it, the, the community aspect of, what you guys have and what you guys actually push as far as your culture and things like that is, you know, literally the greatest thing in this industry right now. Um, wow. Thanks, man. Well, uh, we, that's we a powerful statement. That. I appreciate that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, you guys have been, uh, you know, fantastic. The, the, uh, stuff that you put out on social, I mean, it really, I feel like it really does hit this, it's like a the sweet spot of like, um, you know, showing the. Oh, showing we're well the, aware who does it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it does. There's there's a lot. If you look at content, you know, screen print shops. There's some that's very. It, it's like too too rudimentary. It's not super well done. There's other yeah. ones that are like very intricate and very like almost overproduced. And the, right. and I feel like the machine gun graphic stuff that I see is very like it's well done, but it's still showing that like the day-to-day of like what goes on in a shop and the types of stuff you guys are printing. And uh, I always, I always really enjoy it. We like went through our little identity crisis with the Instagram. Should it be this? Should it be that? And then one day I just got so frustrated with trying to keep up with like um, the, the beautiful facade of what everyone was trying to pull off. And I just Mm. said, we're just going to have fun. I was like, who's your Instagram for? Is it for like your friends in the industry or is it for your customers? And I just decided one day, like, it's for our customers, you know, like they're the ones that really want to see it. They all love seeing the stuff that we produce. I I can't tell you how many emails we get uh, from our customers. Like, Hey, when you make our stuff, can you take a video of it and post it on your (laughs) Instagram? I'm just like, no, it's taken. Sure. Uh (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, but I think when we decided to just have fun with it um, is when it, made the biggest difference yeah. in the interactions that we got off of it. It's cool too. You can tell that you guys love what you do. You know, I can, yeah. like, it comes, it comes through that like, okay, like when you say I'm printing on my dream press, like I can, <laughs> I can see that like in some yeah. of the stuff. So yeah. um, in, in kind of in that vein, you know, talk about, you know, what are some of the bigger differentiators or benefits of like the oval model itself for you guys compared to, you know, going with a standard carousel or something like that? I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of that too, just so our listeners can understand, because you guys kind of broached this, um, was talk a little bit about your space and, and why that was the options. I think a lot of people either haven't gotten a building yet or they did, and they're not thinking about, you know, right. Braces that are, you know, load bearing poles that are coming down when they're thinking about equipment. So, so our production spot, which is behind us down like five feet. Um, and we've got, 
you know, it's 20 foot, it's 20 foot ceilings. Um, it's a very odd space. There used to be a mechanic down there for many, many years. He was there for what, like from the eighties on to about probably seven years ago, eight years ago, I think is when he left. Um, but it's, it's a bit, it's a massive spot. It's 50 feet long and probably well, the the entire space itself is probably like 60 or 70 feet wide, but oh, wow. it's essentially broken down into three sections. So you have, because it's got two massive load-bearing beams, like they're, you know, metal posts that are eight-inch diameter steel beams running straight up from, like, literally in the concrete and the floor to uh, an I-beam running the length of the building. So from the outside wall to the first beam is probably 18, 17 to 18 feet. And then from that, I, the, the first post to the, the actual one, the actual inside wall is probably another 17 feet. And then on the inside where our oval is, is actually its own, essentially its own room. It's a 15 foot wide, 50 foot long room. So when we, gotcha. uh, when we first started looking at the machines, it was like, yeah, we can get, we can fit a, you know, 16 color 20 station press down there, but we're going to be in between the posts. Our dryer is going to be at some weird angle and it's going to take up too much real estate that we need for everything else. And we wouldn't be able to have a second press down there either. Right. Like we wouldn't have had enough yeah. space for two presses to feed into one dryer. And so mm. we already pulled the trigger on the oval. Um, we had, Literally, I went down there one day, measured everything out, took spray paint, spray painted out the shape of the oval, spray painted out the dryer that we were in the process of getting, and then we, I put um, our old falcon, our old progressive falcon. We were going to move it downstairs. Um, there's literally still orange spray paint on the floor to this day, um, but we were looking at everything. We had this landing built. Um, and we were looking at everything, trying to figure it out. We were at Long Beach in two, about the last oh, Long Beach one, 2020. Um, mm -hmm. And we were there, we were talking about everything, trying to figure, still trying to figure this out, like where we're going to put it. We, we had already ordered it <laughs> and we were, you know, we we're like, yeah, we're going to get this machine. And we we're still trying to figure out where we're going to put it. And the room that it's in, it had two openings to get to that inside room. And then we were in Long Beach and she's like, why don't we just knock out a wall? So we, we reached out to our friend and he knocked out an 11 foot wide hole in the wall and we put the oval in that room. So it's literally, we've got enough room to walk down the sides of the press to get, you know, load screens in, get past flashes. There's like two feet from the uh, print head to the wall. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot more space than what I'm used to. So yeah, but that being <laughs> actually kind of nice too, because you guys are printing a lot of water base, right? Yeah, so you can yeah. kind of climate control that area yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. more effectively. Yeah, that's we've cool. Got a, we've got a big ass uh, swamp cooler down there, a porta cool, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it just it keeps yeah. it nice and moist. Because that one room is so closed off, yeah. it's like we can just set that up in there, and it brings us down exactly where we need to be. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And a couple things too, you mentioned uh, Long Beach 2020, that show right before everything <laughs> shut down. You guys weren't installed until what, like spring or September. summer? September. September. So we, wow. we got it in April. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And then we didn't actually, and it sat down there wrapped in plastic until September. Yeah, we, year. I unloaded that thing out of the, out of those containers and it literally sat down there for I just, I would just go look at yeah, it. Yeah, we'd, we'd go sit down there, <laughs> drive a chair, and just sit there and stare at it for a little bit. We had, we had major issues trying to get uh, our power company out here to, because we had to have mm-hmm. new, yeah. new service run. We literally had a, a power pole with new transformers put in just to run our machine. Mm-hmm. So and all of this was lined up pre-COVID, yeah. but be- when COVID hit, it was like all of that stuff got pushed back. And then throughout the course of that year, we probably had like four major storms yeah. within the east, you know, like Florida up to North Carolina. And so every time they would have us up to like install that power pole, they would have to send crews to do storm cleanup in other areas. So mm-hmm. we would just get pushed back and pushed back. And then the company that was supposed to do our electrical decided that they didn't want to work through COVID. So they just dipped out and we had to find another company. Yep. Yeah, they just wanted That's to collect nice. some free money versus working. So yeah, you know what? I think it's in the long run, it was probably the best decision. That's awesome. I'm going to take another opportunity to take a quick commercial break. And when we uh, come out, we'll come back. We will round out our segment here on Rockin' with a Noble. We'll be right back. Of all the obstacles and delays that face your business, your automation installation should never be one. But far too often, many screen printers neglect to prepare to allow for their install to go as smoothly as it could. We've spent decades in the field across North America and abroad to know exactly how to ensure the smoothest install process so you and your team hardly realize such a major transition is taking place. Get your free download of the Auto Installation Success eBook at rock.us so you can find out precisely what is needed to be prepared for a seamless installation of your new rock equipment. La Point Haiti is a home to thousands of people. Until 2016, many did not have the opportunity to go to school. This contributes to the almost 80% unemployment rate that Haiti holds. But with your help, local leaders have been able to create a safe and nurturing space for kids to come and learn. There are now over 600 students enrolled, breaking cycles of generational poverty. But we've realized this isn't enough. We must do more. Education is the foundation, but job creation is the next step. The dream of the local community is to create a vocational training school to supply the much needed skills for students, community members, and beyond. Can you imagine the lifeline this will produce? People will no longer be forced to flee their homes in search of job opportunities. Kids can grow up in their families and not in orphanages, and financial pressures will be removed and replaced with growth and sustainability. Join us in being one of the thousand. We're asking for a thousand people to give just $70 to make this happen. This $70,000 goal will provide the resources needed to create a permanent building structure that will provide training and economic growth for the Point community in a way that's never been done before. Will you join us? I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are talking about rocking on the oval with Machine Gun Graphics, Nikki Bowen, and Kyle Woodall. Alongside of me, as always, is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our director of sales, Mr. Brian Richards. Welcome back, everyone. Thank, thank you. Thank you. 
And thank you to Ryan Traffenberger again for uh, his part over the break for discussing LaPointe Foundation. And be sure to meet Ryan at Rock's Booth 1401 at the Long Beach Convention Center next weekend. And follow at rock.us on Instagram for new uh, updates on that. And in true form, call 87 yeah, yeah. Rocket now. Indeed. <laughs> kind of sunk into like a radio voice at the end there. I didn't intend for like that's that's correct, Phil. And then 15 minutes, we have the weather. And uh, <laughs> I still want to add our sound. No, that's more like a pilot. That's like, you know, uh, we're at uh, oh, yeah. 20,000 feet. <laughs> and uh, the weather in Phoenix is... Uh, Winds northwest uh, out of the... Uh, uh, yep. <laughs> um, well, we mentioned earlier uh, in the show, kind of touched on, you know, initially uh, when when Kyle was first exploring, you know, whether the oval was the right model and that there wasn't really a, a lot of them in the field at that time. It's become a really, it's become a lot more popular. I think in the last like year, you know, we've probably helped people upgrade into ovals, you know, more than, you know, probably the first seven or eight years of rock in the U.S. Yeah. So um, people are definitely seeing the benefits. You guys were you know, some of our earliest adopters uh, in that type of configuration. And um, because of that, and because, you know, you're awesome and uh, very uh, welcoming and hospitable and very centrally <laughs> located on the East Coast, we tend to uh, partner you or connect, you know, other folks who are interested in these yeah. special uh, oval beasts up to kind of hear your story and hear about, yeah. you know, why you ended up going that route and what you like about it and that kind of thing. Um, first of all, thank you. Uh, and then I'd, I'd be interested to know, you know, how has that been having other shops come in, you know, seeing your, uh, you know, location and your you know equipment describing kind of, um, you know, how you guys came to, uh, you know, be producing on those types of machines. What's it like to be, you know, kind of a, a brand advocate and to be more, you know, intimate with those different shops who are kind of relying on you for information as they're making tough decisions. Yeah, I mean, I it it's great. I mean, we've made a lot of connections with people we probably wouldn't have. Um, Good just, relationship building. Yeah, I mean, it it we've actually made had a, a few a few shops come in and take a look at it, and a few more shops are out. Yeah, we want to come take a look at the oval, and I'm like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like we're, it, we're more than happy to. It's weird now. now, too. I think that people are just like DMing us and asking if they can come to our yeah. shop and look at it now before they even like reach out to you guys in the yeah. beginning. Wow. <laughs> so that's cool. Straight to the source. Yeah. And it, but it's fun, though, because you kind of get an inside look at how other people are operating their shops when they're here, too, because they might walk around our shop and see how we're doing things. And they may say, that's really awesome. I'm going to take that back to our business. Or they may say, well, we do it like this at our shop and it might be something that clicks well here. Then I'm like, we should try that out. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. it's a relationship building. Yeah, we don't just do an oval tour. We literally take them upstairs, show them everything, yeah. start to finish. And it's, they, we cool. literally just hang out for you know, a couple hours. So. That's awesome. It's really awesome seeing that you guys, you know, I, I also owned a print shop for years before I was on this side of the industry. Yeah. And I started getting serious around the same time you did. And I remember the silos and, you know, that was a big mission and something that I've, you know, kind of instilled in our team here at Rock US over and over and over again is, is tearing down the silos, educate, like yeah. give away knowledge because 
I couldn't stand it. And so it's really cool that you guys not only are, are you, you know, inviting people into your business, but, but giving them that full experience and realizing that there's always something to learn. Yeah. Um, that's just such a, it was such a rarity, you know, I'd say it still is in a lot of ways, but I feel like the more business owners like you and partners like you that we have involved in this industry, you know, the further that's going to take off because people realize, yeah. you know, in $7.2 billion a year industry, we're not stepping on each other. Yeah. We're all just yeah. trying to make money, have fun doing it. And yeah you know, provide for our families and, and our futures. Yep. And that's really what most people want out of this. Um, you know, you don't have a bunch of screen printers saying, I want to be a billionaire tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's some people's goal. Um, but I mean, typically, you know, our goal is to, to be comfortable, right? And do what yeah. we love and and have some cocktails at trade shows. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the knowledge like sharing portion is something that we we never got. You know, people would never knowledge share with us or share any kind of like trade secrets or anything like that. And so it's just one of those things where we're kind of like, we're just going to do it because ultimately we have our customers. We have our business. It's still building and it's still growing. I think too many shops are just scared that their business is going to go elsewhere yeah. if they ship outside of what you're doing in order to learn something. Yeah, I've got like, I like that. We kind of have a phrase. Uh, it's a, it's part of the Sandler sales method, but it's called sell like you have 20 million in the bank. And the whole concept is you've got to be confident yeah. and you can't you know, rely on all that stuff. And I think yeah. that, that transitions not just to sales, but how you conduct yourself in business. Exactly. So question for you guys, what, you know, moving into, we're at the very beginning of the year, you know, I've been goal boarding personally, we've been writing all our business plans and starting yeah. to execute, you know, from a company as well. What are you guys' business goals? And then secondly, what are your hopes, you know, for the industry kind of as we piggyback off of that conversation we just had moving forward into the future? Well, for us, we've spent since 2018 kind of like walking into that automation world. Yeah. Um, our first piece of automation was our direct to screen um, unit. And so we started there and we've spent the last few years building that. We're at a point now where we're kind of leveled out as far as that goes. We're just going to keep building on the automation. Anything we can outsource that helps our business run better. Um, art services, payroll services, like accounting, like whatever little things make it easier on us to run this business. That's what we're doing. And then we're focusing on SOPs of our staff. We have a really great staff, but nice. they've all come in and they all came in at really busy times and just kind of had to jump in. And yeah. thankfully they're experienced from previous jobs, but we're kind of at a point right now where our goal is to get everybody on the exact same page in our shop and how we operate. That's Yeah, that's the hardest thing. So you guys too. are really leaning like lean concepts than like five. We were, lean. we were lean before anybody was even talking about it. Like we were always like trying to find ways to like make the jobs easier yeah. and better and like cleaner. Nice. Yeah, we, uh, That's awesome. It's always hard having people come in from other shops where <laughs> there were specific ways that they, they did things there we do things here in a very specific way in a very specific manner. And I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, get with the program, you gotta, you gotta do it the way it needs to be done here. Um, and you know, there, the, the two guys that we've got running production with us now are fantastic. Like the, the first guy is, you know, a godsend. He's been in the, he's been printing for 10 years. So he, he knows what he's doing. 
Um, the other guy, he's a little more green, but all he's run are rock presses. So he came from a rock shop to another rock shop. So he already knows how to run the machine. Nice. So, but yeah, I mean, we're That's awesome. Like she said, we're we're just automating, yeah. making everything is. Our people. goals are simple but big this year. Like just to, making us better. We're trying to people proof everything. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then, so I mean, piggybacking off of that, just in terms of like what you guys are hoping to see in the industry, you know, moving forward. Um, and maybe even what you'd like to see from us specifically. So, I mean, the industry would be one question and then what can rock us do to, you know, promote and really be a partner in the goals that you guys have moving forward as well. I mean, as, as long as everything in the industry, like keeps evolving and keeps moving forward. I, I mean, there's not really anything else that you can ask for. Like, the friendships that need to be made, the partnerships that have to be made, like as long as all of that stuff keeps happening, as long as it keeps building on itself, there's not really much else that you can ask for in an industry. I mean, as long as we don't go back to the way it was 10 years ago, where everybody's so concerned with someone else figuring out that, oh, they use that type of white ink versus this type of white ink, or, you know, they're right. using, they're using that mixing system over there and we're using this one here. And, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those. I am ready to see how this hybrid evolves, though, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's okay, new that's good. So digital, new is huh? digital technology. Yep. I'm interested. Yep. I'm interested. Cool. Well, you'll you'll see it at Long Beach uh, <laughs> next week. Yep. Yeah. Looking on that note, that. what are you guys looking most forward to at the show? People. So <laughs> people. <laughs> just just you know hanging Same. out with uh, hanging out with all the cool cats that are at, you know, Rock US and all the other <laughs> people that we're, you know, partnered with and just, you know, getting to see the people we haven't seen in two years. Yeah. So. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm What's interested fun? in I saw all you guys, the new uh, digital. And, yeah, seeing digital is yep. going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, we all saw each other print houses. That was awesome. That was that one was of the cool. first events um, I went time. back to since... Yeah you know, COVID started, I mean, I didn't travel, I didn't start traveling until the end of last year. Yeah. And so I was just so great and almost weird. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like, should we be I'm, here? I'm, should yeah. we be here? <laughs> well, and I'm just so used to being around big groups of people. I mean, we're yeah. used to being in an office. We're used to having everyone around. And, and it was funny when I kind of got back in, uh, to my Vistage group and meeting in person, that's only 16 of us. I mean, yeah. I had moments of like panic where I'm like, mm -hmm. I felt not normal and print hustlers. I mean, even getting back on stage there, you know, I'm like, I felt super nervous and weird. I mean, yeah. I think I did okay. It was only a little five minute thing, but it, yeah, you did it's right. taking time. It's almost like relearning. Yeah. Like how weird. to be around people, you know? I think that, was so our first, that was our first that was event. First like done, we yeah. hadn't really done anything. We hadn't flown. That was our first flight even and, yeah. and getting back out and doing something like that. So yeah, this that entire experience, you're right. It was like, okay, what do I do now? How do I act? Like mm. it's, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm excited skills. we got yeah. some experience there with that. So I think, <laughs> I think Long Beach, will, I, I will at least feel back to normal. Um, it's, it's just taken some time. So yeah, um, we look forward for to, to seeing you guys uh, there for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then um, what can I ask what you guys wanted to see more of us? And then are you guys coming to our, our trip to Portugal? 
I, believe, I believe so. I think Brian got that squared away for us. Um, yeah, you are. You have the green light. Uh, oh, yeah. you, oh I like you guys that. Are, <laughs> green light. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so your schedule. I'm You're so glad. Welcome. I'm so glad Parkway pulled the trigger on that. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just let me know. I'll pencil it into our schedule. Yep. We'll hop on a flight yep. anytime. It's most yeah. likely going to be yeah. in May. Um, I've got some dates set because I'm going to go out a little early. I've got another event. So it's going to be, I think, the week of May 16th, um, which also happens to be my birthday. So we'll have to have a big celebration in Portugal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Um, So what would you guys most look forward to? We we put some videos and some different stuff, right, on different trips. We took a big group, uh, I think, about three years ago. Um, What would you be most excited about going there? I mean, obviously, Europe and other screen printers and fun and all that. But in terms of, like, seeing the factory and being there, is there anything specific that you guys, like, look forward or want to learn while you're there? I, you know, I've always been super interested in how it's made. Like that was my favorite show growing Mm up, um, whatever discovery channel, you know, come on and watch how it's made. I still, I still watch reruns. Um, but just literally seeing how these ridiculous machines are built, like seeing the, seeing the people that actually make the machines that we use every day is probably going to be one of my favorite things. Like I want to shake the the hand of the people who built my Mm -hmm. own and just, tell them thank you for, you know, some of the greatest equipment that's, you know, on the face of the planet. Um, awesome. but, I mean, just, thank just being able to hang out in a different, It'd be a cool different to see culture and how they operate it yeah. too, to see if there's any differences between how we operate mm-hmm. our press versus maybe there's, how they designed it in terms of operation. Yeah. There's differences. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And it, it will be the longest business tour you've ever been on. The facility is 30,000 awesome. square meters in That's like nice. seven different buildings. And um, it literally, it's the coolest thing. I mean, I still geek out on it. I've been there a ton of times, but oh, yeah. just seeing raw steel, raw steel <laughs> yeah. come in, hit a robot, yeah. and then go through all these buildings yeah. and turn into what you guys are printing on. It's truly amazing. So yeah. I'm excited to have you guys there. It's going to be a really fun trip. Um, I think we're going to have actually quite a bit of people going. We should have a good group, nice. probably 30 or 40. We're going to bring some oh, guest yeah. speakers awesome. out. We'll do some seminars. It'll be a good time. So, and we will eat a lot of codfish and beef. So get ready. That <laughs> uh, is Every cod meal will have and codfish and beef. Um, occasionally you might see lamb thrown in I there. I guess I'll but, have uh, to learn how to eat fish then. <laughs> it's a lot of fish. It is, it is fish heavy. Yeah, get ready for that. It's also white wine heavy. So, oh, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, um, espresso. There's espresso nice. all day long. Yep. Uh, nice. I have to like be limit myself because I get like, same, <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I can drink that all day long. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm in that camp. <laughs> so to end up here, I wanted to give you guys a chance, just any final thoughts, and then also let our uh, listeners out there know where they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, your website, um, any any place else that I don't know about because there are so <laughs> many social things that Ross also doesn't do, like some kind of kicker <laughs> talk. And, <laughs> You know, we um, have, yeah, Snapper uh, chat. Snapper chat. Oh, Snapchat. <laughs> fish on the brain. Let's say all fish the Snapchat. 
So we um, we have a website, machinegungraphics.com. We can be found on Facebook, which is simply at Machine Gun Graphics. Instagram at Machine Gun Graphics, which is where you'll find most of our content that we release. Um, TikTok, we did join it. We're doing it a little nice. bit at a time. Not sure how nice. I feel about it yet, but we're doing it. Um, nice. We do have a Twitter. So we don't. It's there. Yeah, it's there. We don't use it quite often, but it exists if you'd like to follow us in the rare event that we decide to use it one day. (laughs) All right. And then any last minute words of wisdom or thoughts to tell our listeners out there? It's not easy. Keep growing. Just keep just (laughs) keep keep at it. Keep doing it. Yeah. I mean that that's that's all you can really do is just keep start small. Yeah. Keep going a little bit at a time and you'll get there. You're gonna fail. I mean the, the the steps that I take away from this are glam rock, machine gun, <laughs> oval press. I think that's. Uh, that's the, I think that's really good. Bullet points that you need. Okay. Yeah. 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 How to buy your oval while listening to glam rock? Hey. <laughs> like that. New ebook. Look for it. <laughs> new ebook. Oh no. That's the name of your new book. Though. I don't. I don't really listen to much glam metal anymore. I've, I've grown. I've moved on to more. You know fantasy power metal anything out of europe i was nice it is what it is but yeah listen to music awesome. yes listen to listen to lots of power metal while you're while you're printing t-shirts good <laughs> advice <laughs> really good advice <laughs> well i want to thank you guys again for joining us today uh meryl thank you brian thank you thank and thank you guys. i can't wait to see you guys in long beach here in, in a yep. few days and those of you listening come join us there um let's have some fun i promise a bar in the booth at least once um uh, <laughs> based on some some requests here on the show um and see uh, ryan ryan schraffenberger josh klein gallo yeah live gallo Julio. And then all of our guest speakers come learn with us and um, let's celebrate a new year, bring it in the right way. Um, again, appreciate you all out there for listening. Continue to uh, press onward and uh, rock on. Awesome. Rock on. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank later. you guys so much. Good to Thank see you. you. You too. Big thanks to Nikki Bowen and Kyle Woodall for joining us today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week, and thank you for trusting us as your partner in print. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. If you'd like to request to be on the show, please visit rock.us slash rockshoptalk. If you found today's episode helpful, please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. And until next time, rockers, press on. Press on.